Welcome to a God Shift podcast, where we move you from disruption and delay into a greater destiny, expectancy, and possibility. I'm your host, Shana Rattler, and I'm a minister, author, and sought-after speaker. Join myself and other leaders who unapologetically share their story of when their life collided with God's purpose and put them on the path that was designed for them. You will learn how to bounce back from setbacks, disappointments, and uncertainty, and unlock the door to confidence move into your next chapter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A God Shift. I am your host, Shana Rattler. I am so thrilled that you are here today. But before we get started, I have a favor to ask you. I want you to take a screenshot of wherever it is that you are listening to this episode. And with that screenshot, I want you to post it on your social media, tag us here at A God Shift, and I just want to hear your biggest aha moment or your biggest takeaway from this episode. Why do I do that? Not because I care so much about downloads, but I do care about people finding God in the middle of whatever it is that they're going through. And I do care about people recognizing that whatever they are going through, that there's hope on the other side of that. And so the more times we share this information, the more likely those things are to happen. I appreciate it. I'm going to read my guest bio and we're going to get started for what I know is going to be another great conversation. So my guest today is a wife, mother, and sweet tea addict. I love that as a girl from the South. She writes in two genres, Christian women's fiction and sweet romance. She writes what she calls gritty Christian fiction books that are that show the hard truths of life, but ultimately are stories of redemption in the end. Her sweet romances are clean and fun with a dose of laughter because that's the best medicine. She loves to bring a word of hope to readers worldwide. Her motto is, life is short, eat the Oreos. I want to welcome to the show, Allison Wells. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I love it. I love sweet tea. I love Oreos. And I'm, you know, I had a trainer tell me years ago, Allison, if you're going to be stressed out about eating the cupcake, you're actually going to hold on to, to the weight anyway. You may as well just eat the cupcake. So I love your motto, life is short, eat the Oreos. <laughs> you know, I was I was at a writer's retreat this past weekend. And one of the questions that was asked around was, if you had a memoir, what would it be called? And I was like, Life is short. Eat the Oreos. I mean, that's and they that's loved it, didn't they? They did. They all thought that was great because sometimes we just need the permission to go ahead. You know, yeah. yeah. So. We're going to talk a lot about that, I'm sure, but I want to give a little bit of context to the conversation. So, the name of this platform is called a God Shift. And my definition of a God shift is the moment a disruption in your life collides with God's purpose, but then that moves you into greater dimensions of possibility. And one of the things that I know is that God uses disruption, unexpected circumstances, trials, sometimes they're positive things to get our attention. He needs our attention so that he can then invite us into the life that it is that he has planned for us. So I would love if you could share with us a time in your life, Allison, that you've had to overcome some type of disruption in order to get to where you are today. Absolutely. So um, unfortunately, mine is a sad story, not a happy story. But my uh, best friend was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer in 2016. And unfortunately, she passed away on January 1st of 2020. Uh, She's only 38 years old, Mm. left behind her husband, three little girls. and as much as I was grieving, it was really an eye opener for me to stop saying one day mm. because you, you don't always get that one day. 
So that was my opportunity. That was kind of God's way of telling me, hey, these things that you want to do, go and do them, get them done. So I had already had one book put out at that point with a very small press. And I was like, okay, you know what? No more just waiting, no more playing it safe, if you will. So I got out there, I put more books out. I actually went through the process to become a fiction editor and a fiction book coach. So I'm helping other authors achieve their dreams of writing their book. So I think that's really just been a great way for me to embrace what God has for me and stop playing the one day game. Yeah. I I either heard or read somewhere years ago, someday or one day is not on your calendar. So stop looking for right. it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and even if we just think about just in the very common everyday life in the natural, you have to be intentional about planning things that are important to you. Because if you're just looking to find the time, you're never going to find it. Like yeah. I don't even operate off of to-do list. I operate off of appointments because to me, just to say to-do means I'm going to do it later. <laughs> it may never get done. <laughs> So I love what you're saying. Like you, you really recognize that like, if there's going to be things that I'm going to accomplish, especially if it's something that I feel like God is asking me to do, I've got to get it done. And I can't just keep saying, oh, well, you know what? I'll do that one day. Right. Exactly. And that's really what it was, is that I, when I had written a couple of books, I had some friends who were like, oh, I want to write a book. And it it really turned into me kind of helping them and then going, what, what can I do with this? I feel like this is where God is leading me. And I was like, it's one of those one day taking the classes is expensive. Going back to school as a 40 year old woman is not done, you know, often. So it really takes that leap of faith to get back out there, to spend the money and to invest in yourself. I'm a mom of four. So part of that for me is that I have young kids. I act, oh, they range in age right now from seven to 16. So I'm, I'm looking at kids going to college in a couple of years, plus having younger ones at home. And it's really like, do I have the time to invest in myself? Yeah. And I think that doing that not only is a benefit for me, but is a benefit for my kids because they see mom investing in herself and trying to get back to me being more than, than the, you know, just a mom. Um, which is never just a mom, you know, Yeah. but, uh, but just getting back to that, putting myself in the driver's seat of my own life. So Allison, I'm curious, had you been a chronic procrastinator prior to your best friend passing away? Um, I was a pretty good procrastinator. <laughs> had a master's degree in it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is the South. We, we move slower here. Um, you know, there was a lot of one day and especially with, with all the kids and everything, there was a lot of one day when I've got the time, one day when the kids are over one day when life isn't going in 10,000 directions. And guess what? That hasn't changed in the last 16 years. So I kind of had to take control of my one day and say, okay, it's not one day anymore. It's today. Yeah. If you're waiting for the perfect time, it's, it's not going to happen. You know, right. we're not ever going to be less busy. I don't care how much technology exactly. comes out that makes our lives easier from the microwave to artificial intelligence. Our lives are still just as busy. You know why? Because we fill it with more stuff. So the yep. microwave allowed us to cook in less time. We filled it with more stuff. <laughs> you know what yep. I mean? Right. Yeah, so, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Why do you, why do you feel like it was so important to God to shake your life up to the point that you stopped putting things off? I think a lot of that was my own mental health, uh, especially after the passing of your best friend. There's, there are a lot of grieving resources for um, people who lose a parent, people who lose a spouse. There's not a grieving resource for when you lose your best friend. And I, I always call her my soul sister. Yeah. So she's not, she wasn't just a friend. She was the person that I was going to grow old with. Like we had plans that when our husbands were gone, we were going to have our golden girls time together. So mourning that is similar, but different than mourning passing of parents or a spouse. So I really think that made me open my eyes about needing to do what God has been whispering in my ear for a long time and really feeling like God was saying, there's no time like the present. You don't, yesterday's gone. You don't know that you've got tomorrow. So at least put forth the effort to try to move towards those bigger and better things. And to, to work with, I work with a lot of Christian authors. I work with a lot of authors that are um, underprivileged in different ways. And I want to see that I say I'm a terrible business person because I want to see them get their books out. I'm not in it to make lots of money. I'm in it to see them get their dreams achieved as much as mine. Yeah. And that's what, and that's why God uses whatever he has to use in our lives. For you, it was losing your best friend. For me, it was allowing everything in my business to dry up. He's very strategic and intentional because he knows exactly what it's going to take to get each person's attention. But what I love about your, what you're saying is it's even biblical talking about, you know, like yesterday is gone. There's not a whole lot you can do about that other than make sure you don't repeat it again. Um, tomorrow, not only is it not promised, but the Bible tells us that tomorrow will take care of itself. Like while you're busy worrying about tomorrow, tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Worry about today and focus on what you can do today to set yourself up for tomorrow. And then tomorrow is not going to be tomorrow anymore. It's going to be today. And the reality is, is that depending on what you do today is going to, in many ways, Um, influence what is going to happen tomorrow. So being worried about tomorrow and not focusing on today is just going to make tomorrow be the today that just becomes the, you know what I mean? Like it never, ever ends. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's one of the big things that I've been trying to focus on in the last three and a half years since, um, since she passed away is just going out on that limb and, and hearing the, you know, the voice of God, you know, small in my ear and saying, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm going to do. I, I mentioned a writer's retreat. I just hosted my very first writer's retreat on my own, which was one another one of those God things that was like, you know what? I really felt like God was telling me I needed to do this. And I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't got a clue how to do this. I kind of made it up as I went. And it was open to, it was open to anyone, anyone published, pre-published, anyone who any genre of writer didn't have to be a Christian writer. And I think out of the 10 people there, I think, uh, I think eight of the 10, so 80% of us were, were Christian. Half of us, more than half of us were affected by adoption in some way. It was such a cool thing to see how God brought together this small group of women writers to connect with one another. And, and it's, it was like, we were best friends. Like we, 
wasn't the first time we had met. It felt like we had known each other for years. So just one of those ways that God really showed me, I told you, I told you you could do this. Yeah. And speaking of when God says, I told you, oftentimes we don't realize why God allows things to happen the way that he allows them until we're far on the other side of it. And when we're in the middle of that disruption, sometimes it can feel like that disruption is going to destroy us. But if there's certain things that we can do or avoid doing that will actually make sure that it develops us because God doesn't use the disruption to keep us stuck. He uses the disruption to become a tool in our lives that moves us forward. So what would you say are some of the most common barriers that prevents a person from being able to allow the disruption to be a tool that moves their life forward and doesn't keep them stuck? Oh, that is such a good question. I think a lot of it. Fear, doubt, you know, there's a lot of things. What do you think are some of the most common barriers? Um, Excuses. Yes. Excuses of, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't have the time. I don't have the money to do something. Taking the book coaching classes was not, was not cheap. It wasn't like, you know, just going down to the market and buying a bag of apples. You know, it was expensive. It was an investment. And it was something that I had to remind myself that I was worth doing. And my kids' future, having, you know, any income that I made from that was worth doing. Um, so, yeah, I think we come up with excuses for I'm I'm not smart enough. I'm not uh, whatever it is that you're I'm, you. not, I'm not tall enough. I'm not whatever enough, you know, I don't have enough of a voice to go out there and do that. And I, it brings me back to think of Moses who had a stutter and God used him, you know, your voice might not be the biggest voice in the world, but Hey, if you affect just one or two people and they affect just one or two people, that's a chain effect that goes across the world. And I really think that God uses us. So I think excuses is probably I I love that. And I think, Allison, I think excuses are a lack of commitment because there's a difference between being interested and being committed. Yes. And when we're just interested, that's when we make excuses. That's when we allow what we think are real reasons to actually stop us and keep us stuck. Like, oh, well, you know, my financial aid didn't come through. I guess maybe I'm not intended to go to college. But when we're committed, That's when the resources show up. All of the things that we're using as excuses, if we were truly committed, because really all of that is the how, and the how is none of our business. If there is something that God intends to happen in our lives, he's going to provide for that. And so when we go beyond being interested into being committed, that's when the how shows up. But the problem is, is that most of us don't push through the excuses we allow them to make us stop or sometimes even retreat and go further back than where it was that we started. So I love, I love that answer of, of, of excuses being something that keeps you back, especially if you feel like what happened is like some sign of failure. Like I've, I've been told like your failures will move you forward if you let them. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, as an author, I can't tell you how many times uh, I submitted a book to agents and publishers Uh, over a hundred for them to just go, "Mm, no. And the biggest thing that I was told, um, so the the book that I I was pushing at that time was a book about a prostitute who falls in love with the preacher. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of 
the the Christian publishers said, "Oh no, we're, we can't do that with yes." And so I, I tried secular publishers. And I said, "Oh, you got to take the God part out of it." And I was like, "Yeah, I I wasn't willing to compromise on either either side of that because I felt like it was a story that God had laid on my heart." And I wasn't willing to compromise. And I say over a hundred agents and publishers have said, mm, if you change it, cause, but otherwise, no. Yeah. Until I finally found a publisher who said, yes, this is exactly what we want. Yeah. So. I, I hope to see, because I, I'm in the exact same boat that you are, and I hope to see the Christian publishing industry um, loosen its tie a little bit. And not because we're trying to go rogue and we're asking them to conform to the world because we're not doing that. But some of them are so straight laced that they don't give room for reality. So for example, my book is all about disruption. And the very first sentence, and it's the only time that there's anything in in the entire book like this, but the very first sentence in my introduction says, what the hell is going on? I think that those are words that many people of faith ask ourselves at one point or another. You know what I mean? And the rest of the book is completely biblical. But because of that one sentence, they're like, oh, and I'm like, I don't care if you live in the church. You tell me that there has not been a day in your life that you're like, what the hell is going on? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and of course they say, of course we do, but okay. And then then that means that almost everybody else is asking it as well, which means that they're not going to be turned off by that one sentence. One of the things that I really try to do with my writing is show that just because you are a follower of God does not mean your life is perfect. We still sin. We still have failures. We still go, what the hell is going on? You know, and, and I think that it's so closed up in, in a lot of Christian publishing, not all of it, of course, but in a lot of it, it's still so closed up and there's so much uh, pearl clutching happening that I, most of us, I think, fall in the middle. I think, and then they don't know that, but I think they fail to realize is that you're actually preventing us from helping the people that really need to be helped because people are only going to read books that they relate to. And you've got to be able to hook them in the beginning. And if I pussyfoot around, excuse my expression, but if I pussyfoot around and like make it all cute and pretty, the person whose life is in shambles is going to be like, this sounds too cute and pretty for what it is that I'm going through. So they're not going to give us the ability to be real. Again, we're not going rogue, but if they're not going to give us the ability to be real, we're going to miss a lot of people that need the gospel because everyone's lives are not peachy keen. I mean, the Bible even tells us, count it not strange when you face trials. Yes. It's yeah. crazy. But anyway, I don't want to get off too, too much on a tangent because I could literally go down that rabbit hole for another 20 minutes. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to share some tips of how people can begin to um, put some of these things together in their lives when they're facing disruption. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the free guide when God says shift. Inside, you'll discover the four shifts required to reveal God's plan to ditch disruption or delay and get his blessings faster. Head to GodSaysShift.com to access it now. All right. So we've been talking a lot about disruption. We've been talking a lot about why God allows disruption and how we can make sure that it actually becomes a tool. And we've said excuses 
is one of the biggest things that keeps people from actually being able to move forward when God has allowed something unexpected to occur in their lives. So I want us to shift to some tips if we can, Allison. If someone is listening to this episode and they are struggling to shift their life forward after it has been disrupted, what would be your best tip or advice that you would give them? Um, is this before or after prayer? No matter what, no matter what you're going through, be it good, be it bad, be it happy, be it sad, uh, you, you pray, pray in all things. Um, that would definitely be my number one piece of advice is pray your way through the immediate. If you if you've just experienced a disruption, if you've just experienced a death, a job loss, a, a home move, something like that, start praying about it. Pray about what God is going to lead you to next so that you can make sure that you're following the path that he has set for you. That's number one. I think maybe that's a given for your audience. But you know, I think it's I think it's important for people to understand the why because one of the things that I think church can sometimes do a disservice and I preach so I can talk about us. We tell people what to do, but we don't necessarily tell them why or a lot of times even how. And so sometimes people think of prayer like, okay, yeah, everybody knows that I should pray. But what I like about what you just said is how much you didn't say this, but there's so much peace in God's presence. And when we're going through some type of disruption and we pray we will begin to feel God's peace. We will be connected to God in a way that we can't be connected if we're not communing and in conversation with them. And so, yeah, it may be obvious, but what I want people to hear is that when you don't even know what to say, when you don't even know what to do, just spending time in God's presence and prayer is a great way to get in his presence will begin to give you some peace and with that peace becomes some clarity, with that clarity becomes some vision for what it is that you may yes. need to do. What yes. it is absolutely. To so yeah, sometimes we got to get back to the basics. Yeah, absolutely. It Prayer should be second nature. And I feel like a lot of times, hopefully for, for Christians, it is. But even if you don't know what to say, sometimes just being in that meditative state being able to sit and just, you know, even if you're just sitting and you don't know what's going on and you're just whispering, Jesus, 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 yes. that's all you got to do. Power. Just work on being one with him. And whether you're, whatever you're going through, whether it's good or bad, maybe it's a new marriage. Maybe it's a new baby. That also is, to, you know, great things, but it is a huge disruption in your life. Disruption is not always negative. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I think that's something where you just need to spend that time. Listen, you know, I have four kids having these little tiny babies. It's a wonderful blessing, but it is also a huge disruption in what you've been doing up until that point. So a lot of, I'm sure any mother who has ever had that colicky baby has can tell you, you just spend a lot of time going, Jesus, 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 because there's not a whole lot else that you can do, but that's, to me, that's the foundation. That's where you start. Anything that you are going through, a big, small, whatever, you know, just be in that constant prayer so that your thoughts can align with his. Yes. I love that. So Allison, before we begin to wrap up, are there any final words that you would have for our listeners? Start today, yes. whatever, whatever sign you're looking for, 
whatever, this is it. This is your sign. If you're waiting for something, for someone to say, you know what, go ahead and start, start the new business, start the new job, make that leap of faith for whatever it is that you're looking to do. Uh, let this be your sign to do it. I, we give you full permission. And as long as you feel like it's lined up with God's plan, then go for it. Absolutely. And you don't have to be 100% sure. You know, like as long, like as long as it's not contrary to the word of God, you don't have to 100% know. Just take a step and see how God responds. Because, exactly. you know, I think sometimes when we can't see the entire staircase, we don't want to take the first step. Until you take the first step, you don't need to worry about what's on the next one anyway. It's just, it goes back to what we talked about at the top of the episode. Don't worry about tomorrow. Worry about the steps that you need to take today because the steps you take today are going to influence what steps you need to take tomorrow anyway. So yes, yes, yes. So how can they follow you on social media? On social media, hopefully I'm easy to find and follow. My Instagram handle is at what Allison wrote. And Facebook, I believe, is also the facebook.com or not the slash, whatever it is, what Allison wrote. So usually if you just get on a social media and look up what Allison wrote, you should be able to find me. That's why I am too. Like I'm a God shift everywhere. Well, somebody stole, took down Facebook claims. They have no idea what happened to my, my business page. And so I had to change that to a God shift movement, but I kept it simple. I'm like, I'm a God shift everywhere, the website, the whatever, the whatever. And so how can people find you if they want to take things further with you, if they want to get your books, if they want to learn more about the services that you offer? Uh, again, what Allison wrote.com. They can find out about my books. They can find out if they're interested in writing a book. I can help with editing and book coaching services. And you can find it all at whatallisonwrote.com. Yes, get your story out there. God used this. He allowed it to happen for you, not to you. And a lot of times he allowed it to happen for other people as well. So if you have a story to tell, and I know you do, um, maybe it's about your disruption and maybe you're listening to this because you've been thinking, people have been like, oh my God, my life is so crazy. I could write a book. We say that jokingly, but it's like, yeah, yeah do it. A book. And if you don't know where to start, if you don't know what to do, go to whatallisonwrote.com and get off the sidelines. Stop looking for one day or someday. It's not on your calendar. Yes. So, Allison, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Everyone share, share, share this episode. I pray that it has blessed you like it has blessed me and that you will go back and listen to previous and future episodes as well. Everyone have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to thank you for listening to the God Shift Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. And remember to put God first and everything will fall into place.